Well, I'm really excited for today's message and what the Lord has put on my heart. Um, you know, he's had me on this for some time, and and um, we're on the timing of the Lord, so I believe now is the time. I've been seeing it every day since the Lord has put this in my heart. And today's message is going to be called Honor the Position. And if you would add anything to that, the government of heaven. And I really believe right now as a nation, as our house, the Lord is beginning to start to uh, create the government of heaven here on earth. And uh, <clears throat> I guess for the past month now, the Lord has, has been speaking to me about honor coming back to the house. Honor coming back to the body of Christ. And the reason why it's important that we have honor in the kingdom, in, 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 in our midst, in our churches right now, is because it's, it begins to establish the government of heaven. You cannot have the government of heaven and not have honor there. There has to be honor that helps to establish that government of heaven there. Um, even, the, even the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they all honor one another to work together to do the king's, the king's work. It's like all of them together, they become one to give us what we need here on the earth. There is no competition. There is none of that. There's honor in that. And now honor to the world is going to look different than honor in the kingdom. Honor in the world is going to be about high respect, you know, worth, merit, rank. Uh, it, it's going to look a little different. But the Lord recently has been telling me how there's a lot of similarities there, too. That some, we missed, we missed a little bit of that along the way. And I, I've never served in a branch of the military. I've never been a military person. I think it's crazy how the Lord speaks to me. I think he's hilarious. He speaks to me in a militant style way. That's the way he's always been, how he reveals things to me. And so um, <clears throat> the same way the military is established for our nation is the same way the Lord is trying to establish his army here for the kingdom to be manifested. That's what's happening right now. I know uh, uh, Pastor Tracy had had an image she shared, I guess, some weeks back about she saw the combat boots and combat boots hitting the ground. Well, that spoke volumes to me. She'd, I don't think we even spoke about it at that time, but it's true. It's time for the combat boots to hit the ground. We're the ones that are supposed to wear these combat boots, if you didn't know that. <laughs> He's releasing strategy from heaven in this hour for the body of Christ for the harvest and for justice to be upon our nation. And see, because the church was always called to carry the true revelation of heaven, to begin to influence earthly governments and bring heaven's perspective on things. In order for that to happen, greater there has to be intimacy with the Father so we can receive our assignments and our instructions from heaven. A lot of us have been getting a lot of revelation, seeing things, experiencing things, and this is why. Because he wants to create this intimacy with you so you know that he's real. <clears throat> when we say yes to his assignments, we work together in unity to accomplish the government of heaven here on earth. Then we begin to take the land for the kingdom of God. And then him being the utmost honorable person in our life, in the world, he gets honor and glory for it all. Isn't that beautiful? I believe right now that um, there's a lot of believers right now, they're refusing their assignments from the Lord. They really are. And I've been there, done that, so I know. <laughs> But they're refusing to take position and begin to do the work of the Lord because some of them just feel unqualified and unworthy. And it's time for us to find our identity in Christ so that there's no more time wasted on things that don't matter. We have a purpose and a destiny we've been given to speak good about one another. And you can, you can, I can literally be around somebody and hear them talk and I already know where they're at with the Lord. Because how you talk reflects who you are as a person. 
And I can tell when somebody doesn't believe in themselves and when they don't, and when they believe in the things of God and when they don't. But in Romans 12, 2, it says, Do not conform to the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is and his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's important that we renew our minds daily. I think that that's been one of the biggest struggles in the body of Christ is that when you wake up in the morning, you have forgotten to renew the mind. When you go to bed at night, you have forgotten to renew your mind. Because of all the attacks, all the whispers, all the things you've been going through throughout the day that sometimes we've entertained and we don't even realize we've entertained them. That, that when we go to sleep at night, we have this heaviness on us. When we wake up in the morning, the heaviness hasn't left us. We wake up with the heaviness. And the Lord's like, well, because you forgot to renew your mind. You've got to renew your mind daily. So I recently <clears throat> went to Texas, and the Lord was really in my face on my trip there. Because this trip that I had wasn't something planned. It was like a last minute, we need you here, we got your flight, just come type of situation. And I really hadn't gone back to my home or to my church where I was out of for, God, many, many years now since I've gone back. Nothing done on purpose, but I've been so busy plowing and pioneering here in Ohio that it's hard for me to get pulled away to go anywhere to do anything else. Y'all know y'all are here with me plowing, right? So <clears throat> I was excited to go back it was the first time I had gone back since my dad had passed away. So here I am, you know, enduring the emotions of the trip. But the Lord I knew was on, on, a, on a mission with me because he never sends me anywhere on purpose for just, just for that region. I'm there to get some things. When, you're go, when you go out, you're, go, you're there to pick up something and to leave something. That's what we've always said. And... The last flight I took, I landed in Dallas, Texas, and I'm running to get to my flight, <clears throat> and I walk up, and it's a little bitty, like out of all the places, it was a little bitty small area to catch your flight, and I had to double check, and I was like, God, this little area is so small, it's like tiny, like am I in the right place? And I look up, and there's like four flags of the branches of the military. Now, those that have been here on Sundays, you know that I released about the H2X. Um, you can go back and listen to it. It's on our, on our app. But the, that's how the Lord's been speaking to me for this government of heaven here on earth. And so the Lord showed me about the H2X, the upgrade coming for the eagles, the vision, uh, no longer taking casualties. But now when we drop things on the enemy, they're going to hit the enemy. We're not going to have any lost people anymore, right? You can go back and listen to that one, but this is how he's been talking to me. And so then I, I come, and, and I'm there, and I see these flags, and they're all the branches of the military. And I walk up, and mind you, this is the smallest area, right? The smallest, but the most powerful. Let me tell you why. So I walk up, and as soon as I walk up and my eyes go up to see all the flags, I said, I hear the Holy Spirit says, the government of heaven, just like that. And I said, okay, Lord, because you never see that at an at, at a airport. You never see the branches like that, displayed like that, all together in unity on a wall at the airport for an airline. It doesn't happen. And so I get on the flight, and... The captain of the flight, now those that have been with me for a long time know the captain of the flight is Jesus. He's our captain, right? He's the one leading us to everything. He gets on the microphone and he says, we just want to announce and take a moment of silence because we have a, vet, a veteran on the flight today and we are carrying his body from Kansas to San Antonio, Texas, back home to where he belongs. And his body's on the bottom of the flight here. So let's take a moment of silence. 
And it hit my heart. It hit my heart, the honor that was displayed on this flight that nobody on this flight knew this man. But because of his sacrifice for our nation, that they took a moment to just to give to this man of the sacrifice and what how he laid down his life for our nation that we would honor his body underneath the flight in such a way and at the end everybody clapped and I was like I'm sitting there just in tears because God's been talking to me military style about the army of God boots on the ground and I'm a mess and then we get to San Antonio, Texas, and the captain comes on again. I knew it was the Lord. He was wrecking me this whole time. And the captain comes on, and he's like, I want to announce that you've been on the flight of honor. You've been on the flight of honor today, and uh, we're going to let them take a veteran so-and-so off our flight uh, please wait, do not move, do not do anything until his body is off the flight. We have media, and there are people here standing to honor his body. And I turned to look. I have pictures of these guys. I turned to look, and all the officers are standing there in line by the flight, saluting this body that was coming off this airplane. And all of a sudden, I saw the cameras and the media honoring this man to capture his body being brought back home. And I just wept, and I'm trying to take pictures, and I'm like, God, I get, I get what you're saying, Lord. That honor is important this season for the kingdom of God. And it's time that it come back on the body of Christ and in the church again because we have lost honor. I spent a whole, I don't know how many hours yesterday with my husband seeing videos of some really bad things, of people talking bad about one another. Prophets. And it broke my heart. And I said, when did we get to a point thinking that our opinion mattered? If Holy Spirit didn't tell you to say and do what you're doing, then why are you doing it? Don't you understand? you got to honor the position that God has given you in the body of Christ. Honor your position of the being a prophet. Honor the position of being an apostle. Honor the position of being an evangelist. Don't you know there's honor even if you don't agree with them at times or they've done something to rub you the wrong way. There has to be honor there for the position. We have a president. I'm not in agreement with what he does, but I got to honor the position of authority that is in that position. And I got to be on my face to pray for the nation and pray for our president and pray for our government that the government of heaven is more powerful than the government given to a land. That it begins to come and influence the government that is established on the land. That's where we have to be right now. Deuteronomy 20, 10, 20 says, you must fear the Lord your God and worship him and cling to him. Your oaths must be in his name alone. You know, when you enter the military, you take an oath. I went and I was reading the oaths last night. And let me tell you, those oaths are taken very seriously. You don't stand and take an oath to enter the military and not follow through with that oath. People will go to prison if you don't follow through with that oath that you signed that paper to. You don't have a choice. I think we're getting to the point right now in the body of Christ where God is saying, you got to take the oath, people. You got to choose light or darkness. Either you're going to function of the kingdom of God here established on earth or you're going to function in darkness. Take your pick. Don't be in and out. Darkness, light, darkness, light, darkness, light. Sounding like darkness, trying to be like light, and then move in darkness again, and then try to be like light. I've seen it over and over again, and it's coming into the churches now, and it's causing corruption, and it's causing division, and it's twisting and turning and creating lies that aren't even there. It's real bad right now. And I say, God, let darkness step out of where God's at. 
and let there only be life there. I asked the Lord last night, I said, Lord, what would be your kingdom oath? And I was reading Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, and he replied, and he said, Jesus replied, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. I took heed to that, and I said, with all your heart, that means you can't, you can't have a broken heart that's wounded anymore. You got to go to him and let him mend your heart at times. Make your heart whole with the Lord. So that way when you present your heart to him, that it is fully functioning in wholeness with your soul. You can't have all the, all the junk in your soul anymore. It, it can't live there anymore. Why? Because you're coming to worship him. Love him with all your mind, with all your soul. Your mind has to be cleared of the junk. Renew your mind daily. Why? Because you can't give him the fullness unless you are before him saying, God, take over my mind. Take over my soul, Lord. And that you would take over every part of me that, that there's nothing left but you inside of me, Lord. There is an upgrade coming to the body of Christ. But with this upgrade, he's raising the bar. And he's like, I'm raising the bar, but I'm not raising the bar as you think in the mind of a natural mindset. I'm raising the bar because you don't deserve anything but the best. How do you get the best? Well, you quit, you quit entertaining those things that were never meant for you to have. You know, through the, the, the whole event, the Northwest outpouring, uh, Peter was up here singing about the table and sitting at the table with the Father, and there be a banquet table, and there was a feast there. That's where we should be right now, at the banquet table, feast, feasting with the Lord. But if we're too busy, busy eating the scraps from the floor and eating the junk that the enemy keeps feeding us, we're never going to understand that there's a table set before us as priestly kingly people to sit at with the father to have relationship of intimacy just like we do at home when we sit down with our families and those are the most important discussions i remember they were starting to do commercials because the families had gotten away from eating dinner and lunches together and so they had to do uh, commercials online to help promote families having dinner together that's when you know it's real bad when the world has to come in and say, yes, we, you know, your best times are sitting with your family having the dinner. And I heard that commercial, I said, wow, that's sad. When the world has to come in to remind us of where we're supposed to be sitting as a family together in unity, to have a meal together, and how important that is. Why did Jesus take the disciples to have the last meal? It was important. I'm excited for what the Lord is doing, but I'm very passionate about it right now because the way that he, he demonstrated it to me when I went down there and, and I saw the cameras and I saw, I saw the salutes and I was just blown away by the Lord. And I said, honor has to come back into the house. And we have to begin to honor one another, not because of, oh, that's just so-and-so. Oh, that's just so-and-so. No, 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 no. There's something inside of them of greatness, of purpose, and destiny. And that's the part that you honor. You don't honor the mess and the junk and where they're at right now in their life. But when you begin to see the treasures in them and begin to honor that part of them, then that stuff begins to rise up and come forth. I remember my pastor used to always preach, and he used to always say, you know, the word says honor your parents, honor your mother and father. It doesn't say honor your mother and father if they were good, a good mom or a good dad to you. <laughs> it just said honor your mother and father. Why? Because honor breaks things open in the heavenlies. When you honor people, whether they honor you or not, 
It's the point that you did it, that now you're in agreement with heaven, in alignment with heaven and honor, that it does something to the atmosphere. It does something to the place in your home. It does something in Ribashiti. You know, when I was growing up, my mom taught us, somebody walks in the door, you don't move until you greet them. Nowadays, people walk in and kids just run around like, who cares who's in our house? <laughs> well, we have visitors. Oh, that's good. And then they go to their room. I'm like, are you serious right now? Because <laughs> I would have gotten dealt with as a kid if I didn't come and show honor to the guest and come say hello to them and say, welcome to our home or greet them and offer them a drink or offer them something. We would get in big trouble for that. I said, we've, we've missed something here. There, there's a separation here that we have to get back. I was reading, you know, because we got all these prophets now <laughs> that like to pull the badness out of everybody. And then Daniel 4, Daniel was a prophet. And let's just turn there real quick because I want to read this story because this story is so powerful. Let's go down to verse, I kind of want to just, I want to kind of zip through it because of time and all that, but I think it was real important. So Nebuchadnezzar at this time was the king, okay? I'll just go over this, and we'll actually start reading on verse 19, okay? So he's a prideful man. He's in an office of kingship. He's very prideful. He's all about himself. Look at all these great things I've done. Oh, this kingdom, all the royalties, all this. And he just goes on and on, patting himself in the back. I'm so awesome. And then he has this dream. Now, Daniel wasn't with other prophets in this office. Daniel was with witches and warlocks in the office, okay? But Daniel was a prophet who knew the Lord. So here comes Nebuchadnezzar, and he is scared, and fear hits him because of this dream he has. And you can go back and read it from the beginning of chapter 4. But then he comes, and, and Daniel interprets his dream, okay? Now, knowing what kind of person Nebuchadnezzar was, you would think, Daniel, this is his opportunity of this king's weakness to come and really tear him down, right? I'm going to knock you down real good because you're already knocking down. You're in fear already. So you don't believe in what I believe in. You don't believe God is the baker of all your things. You just celebrate yourself. But he didn't do that. And that's why it blows me away how people think that they can say and do things. But here comes Daniel. Let's start on 19. Daniel interprets a dream. Then Daniel also called... Belshazzar was greatly perplexed for a time, and his thoughts terrifi terrified him. So the king said, Belshazzar, do you let the dream, do, do not let the dream or its meaning alarm you. Belshazzar answered, my lord, if only the dream applied to your enemies and its meaning to your adversaries. He comes in. He knows the king's afraid. He had a choice to be a friend and speak the goodness of God or to speak evil upon him. But Nebuchadnezzar wasn't this man to be honored, right? If you look in the natural sense, he wasn't a man that everybody wanted to honor. He was about power and himself and, and very prideful. But Daniel took the higher, route, the higher road and the higher route. And he comes in because he knew honoring the king at that moment would allow him to come in with strategy of heaven to shift the kingship there. This is where we're going right now. So here comes, Neb here, here comes Nebuchadnezzar, and he's asking him for the interpretation. And he says, don't be afraid. My Lord, only the dream applied to your enemies and its meaning to your adversaries. 
the tree you saw, which was great, was grew large and strong, and its top not touching the sky, visible to the whole earth, with beautiful leaves and abundant fruit, providing food for all, giving shelter to the wild animals and having nesting places in its branches for the birds. Your majesty, you are that tree. And he's excited. He comes in with the love of God, excited. Don't be afraid. See God in this. Because he's trying to convert him. So then he comes in. He says, you have become great and strong. Your greatness has grown until, it's re- until it reaches the sky. And your dominion extends to distant parts of the earth. We're supposed to be the ones walking in dominion, right? <laughs> your majesty saw a holy one, a messenger coming down from heaven and saying, cut down the tree and destroy it. But leave the stump bound in iron and bronze in the grass of the field while its roots remain in the ground. Let him be drenched with the dew of heaven and let him live with the wild animals until seven times pass by for him. This is the interpretation. And your majesty, this is the decree the Most High has issued against my Lord the King. You will be driven away from your people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like the ox and be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. The command to leave the stump of the tree with its roots means that your kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge that heaven rules. Therefore, your majesty, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be that then that your prosperity will continue. So if you keep reading the story, the dream comes true. He gets taken away to the wilderness. He eats the grass. All this stuff happens. And this prideful man has an encounter with the Lord. And God comes and speaks to him in the wilderness. And when he comes speaks to him in the wilderness, he begins to acknowledge, I want to drop down. Let's see where I start from. On 33. So Daniel 4.33. Immediately what had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from his people and ate the grass like the ox. And his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle. And his nails like the claws of a bird. At the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes towards heaven. And my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High, and I honored and glorified him who lives forever. His dominion is an internal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation, and all the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases, and with the powers of heaven and the people of the earth, no one can hold back his hand to say to him, what have you done? At this one moment that he declares with heaven of who God is, this is what happens. And we're going to drop to verse 36. At the same time that my sanity was restored, my honor and splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. And my adversaries and nobles sought me out, and I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt the glorify the king of heaven because everything he does is right and all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. (laughs) Those that walk in pride, he is able to humble. It's time for honor and honor the position of people. See the good in people. See the great destiny that God has established on his people in this hour. Let me tell you, the greatest times 
that I've had with the Lord, even my team. And the greatest miracles we saw was when we were all united honoring one another. That's when I saw the Spirit of God come in so strong and begin to do things on our behalf that were greater than we could ever imagine. You know, and, and some of you may not know how to give honor. But if you don't know how to give it, how can you receive it? If you don't know how to receive honor, then how are you going to cast a crown down at the Lord's feet? See, we have to, if you don't know how, ask Holy Spirit. My family didn't teach me about honor. I'm just being honest. My mom and dad did, but not my family, because they were always bashing one another, talking mess about each other, talking, seeing the badness in each other, gossiping about one another, nitpicking at one another, that that wasn't honor. So I had to come into the kingdom of God and learn about honor to keep my mouth shut when I was supposed to and only speak when God said to speak. Because if my mouth was going to be filled with something not good of what God wanted to speak about somebody, I had to just stay quiet at times. The king right now is wanting to empower us with his favor through the honor. Because there's a destiny, and he wants us to begin to dream again. And we have to understand, honor only comes out of humility. I'm telling you right now, we have to keep our hearts pure and be humble before the Lord. I like this story about Luke. This is with Jesus. And this is where the enemy is trying to Steal from the body right now, but the Lord is going to get the victory. Jesus 4, 18 through 22, he has his own experience when he goes back home. Let's start on verse 18. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He just, he just came out of the wilderness, okay? Let me take you what's going on here. Jesus had, was in the wilderness. He has the encounter with the enemy. He's talking. Enemy's coming, provoking him, talking mess to him. He comes out wilderness. And then... This is where he announced, announces to the world or to his people there that brought him up as a child that he was around growing up, announces his coming out. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that, that captives will be released, that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free. And that's the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. This is him declaring into the atmosphere. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. He was quoting Isaiah. Everyone spoke well of him. And was amazed by the gracious words that came from his lips. And they were all in awe. And then they say, how can this be, they ask. Isn't this Joseph's son? Then he said, you undoubtedly quote me this proverb. Physician, heal yourself, meaning do miracles in your hometown like those you did in Capernaum. But I tell you the truth, no, no prophet is accepted in his own hometown. What happened here was there was a familiarity. He declared from the Spirit, and the Spirit was ready to do a corporate blessing and a corporate healing there. And then here comes unbelief. Unbelief comes in because familiar, uh, they were familiar with who he was, and they weren't looking at his call on his life and what that he was the Messiah. They were looking at, this is Joseph's son, the carpenter. And unbelief came in because they couldn't believe that he was the Messiah chosen by God to do miracles, signs, and wonders. Unbelief is in our region. I've seen it. I've smelt it. I can't stand it. I pray for the people that move in unbelief because it is sinful. Because what is faith is what we need and believing that he, Almighty One, can do the works of the kingdom to heal, 
to bring healing, to bring all these things, the miracles come from the spirit of the Lord. And the, and if he, if he came out and the first things he said to his people, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then he gives a whole thing of what the spirit of the Lord has told him to do. That's his purpose. That's his destiny. Some of us need to get up in the morning and you need to say to yourself, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I am called Ribashiti. I am sent, he has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and at the time of the Lord's favor, it comes, the favor comes in that. The spirit of the Lord is upon us, not the spirit of unbelief. I'm excited because, you know, to, to know the fullness of that story, they had not heard from God for 400 years. They were in a drought. It was dead. It was wilderness. Nothing had moved by the Spirit until Jesus came in and said that out loud and declared that over the land there that they felt something wake up inside of them, that they, their spirit began to jump up, and they felt something that day that they hadn't felt in 400 years. I'm telling you right now, when we first moved here, that was one thing the Lord said. He said, I will awaken my bride on the land. And they will fill my spirit again. My Holy Spirit will begin to roam on the land again. And they will know that I am God. And they will begin to have relationship with me. And such an intimacy that my spirit will begin to be free to move again upon the land. In the driest of times, in the moments where there's so much drought, is when the Holy Spirit comes to make the rivers begin to run again. Not only in, the, in, a, in, in a group, in a corporate setting, but in our own selves, that the rivers of the living waters would begin to run again in ourselves, and we can be filled with life again. Honor brings life to people. It brings life into a city. It brings life into a town. It brings life into a nation, into a state. When you begin to honor, honor the positions, honor the people God sent you, honor your mother and father, even though they don't deserve it sometimes, you still move in honor because those are doors of opportunity that begin to open up for you. And you're like, man, I don't even know how that door opened. And the Lord will say, because you honored you honored that person. You honored this person. You honored that situation that you wouldn't talk bad out of your mouth, but you would agree with heaven and align yourself with heaven that I would begin to move in my spirit again on the land on your behalf. Just like with Daniel Nebuchadnezzar. You know, there's so many stories in Scripture. The woman that poured out that expensive oil on Jesus' feet, it was about honor. And the disciples couldn't get it. They were filled with knowledge, and they couldn't get it, what the Spirit was trying to do. And she comes in, and she lays her face down, and she begins to pull the oil out on his feet. And the disciples couldn't believe because the woman who she was on the outside, they couldn't believe that she would waste the oil. They were like, you're wasting that expensive oil. You could have sold it and got all kinds of money for it. But they couldn't see in the spirit what God was doing. And Jesus interrupted them and stopped them and said, you don't even know what she is doing right now. She's honoring the kingdom of God. She's honoring me of Messiah, of who God's created me to be. You have no idea the things that she's opening up for, even for herself, for her family, for her generations to come. See, we have to celebrate the strengths and not man's weaknesses anymore. None of us are going to be perfect in the walk with God. But when all we do is speak about what's not perfect, then we, we, Holy Spirit comes in and gets grieved. 
and you grieve Holy Spirit by talking bad about other people that you have an opinion or a judgment about. And God cannot move under those circumstances. I promise you. When we first came, the Lord said, honor those that have gone before you. And we did. We would always say in our services, man, so-and-so was here. He came in here. He plowed the land here. So-and-so came in and they plowed the land. And there were some of the generals of the faith that have walked on this land. Do you understand that? There's generals of the faith that have come on this land to plow many years before. And we always honor them. Why? Not because we want to throw their name out there, but because we know the hell they went through to plow the land and the darkest, and when the Spirit of God was in moving, they came in and they took hits on our behalf to pave a way for those that were coming, that we could sit here today and sit in some of these rivers that they helped to plow. I hear all the time in the natural, the digging that was done on the land here because there was nothing but swamps here. But in the Spirit, there was digging too. And there was pioneering here from pioneers sometimes before. And it's time that we acknowledge them and honor them again and not pretend like it didn't happen. You know, many of the pastors and the people around here have forgotten what God has done on this land. They've forgotten the power that has moved on this land. And I will not be one of those that walks in disbelief and unbelief and not acknowledge the things God has already done on this land. Because it happened and it was real. Now, did the enemy come in and twist and turn and, and steal? He sure did. He sure did. And you know what? That's okay. Because now he has to pay back what he stole. He has to pay back. And I can't put a face to the enemy any longer. The enemy is the enemy and that's it. I've never been a military person, but I tell you what. I've been watching these videos and this old little lady, she was 98 years old. She was on her deathbed on this video. And she said all she wanted to do was her, have her one last salute to honor her nation. And I began to weep when I saw this video of her. Because I felt the depth of her heart in honor for the nation. And, and she, she couldn't even move, and, and she did everything. She was trembling like this, and, and she barely could lift up her hand and her arm until finally her hand reached her little head here. She was a nurse in the military, and she said, all I want to do is salute my nation before I leave this earth. What does that tell you? The honor that she moved in had power in it. We've got to begin, let's just stand this morning, to begin to transition and transform our minds. That the kingdom of God is ready. He's ready to come in to touch our nation. He's ready to come in and touch our cities. He's ready to come in and touch our, our homes and our houses and our families. He's ready. He's been ready to come in. But if we haven't set an atmosphere of honor, then we need to shift it and we need to change it. Because your kids can hear you when you're talking bad about somebody. Your kids can are influenced by how you talk, by how you walk, by what's going on in the home. And I'm telling you right now, there has to be a shift. I take it even for myself, people. I take it for myself. That God would begin to teach me to move in such great honor towards those people. Help us this morning, Lord. God, you gave Daniel something that is unexplainable, Lord. That Daniel could see the greatness in Nebuchadnezzar, God. That Daniel could see what he was created to be in your kingdom, Lord. He was created for greatness and a great purpose for a nation, God. Help us to see the greatness in one another, God. Help us to see the great purpose and destiny that each one of us carry, God. And don't let us take it lightly, God. But let us move in honor from this day forth, God. That the kingdom of heaven can begin to manifest in this place through honor, God. God, help those that don't want to take the assignment, Lord. Help those that are getting the, the assignment and throwing it in the trash like it means nothing, God. 
Help them to be strong in you, God. Help them to position themselves to do the work of your kingdom, God. That they won't run away from their call. They won't run away from their purpose and destiny, God. But they would begin to embrace all that you have for them this season, God. Through your kingdom, God. That your kingdom will come and your will be done in our nation and in our towns and in our cities, God. We agree with heaven this morning, God. If you don't know what to pray right now, you just pray in your heavenly tongue right now. God, we honor you. We honor your kingdom, God. We honor Holy Spirit. And we honor Jesus in this house, Lord. That any unbelief, God, cannot be here any longer, God. That unbelief cannot sit in our town any longer, God. That unbelief cannot sit in our state anymore, God. Because all things are possible because you spoke it, God. It's our state seal, God. And we agree with it, Lord. You spoke it over our state. You know, I want to say something out loud because the Lord is reminding me, but this past weekend, the Lord reminded me about hearts. And when I first got here, the Lord said, I'm going to come in, I'm going to soften hearts to the people that are in, in, in position of authority. And the Lord reminded me of this this past weekend, and he says, you know, Ohio has always been known to look like a heart. I've got these little frames out here, and they say, the heart of it all. Something happened where the hearts began to shut down in our state. So I pray today, God, open the hearts again. Soften the hearts of the people again, God. Because you spoke a long time ago that our state was the heart of it all, God. And we can't be the heart of it all and not feel your presence and not feel your love, God. But that our state would begin to move out of love of your heart, God. Ohio is the heart of it all, God. Let the, the blood start pumping again. Things that were dead in the heart would begin to come alive again, God. People would begin to feel grace and mercy again, God. People would begin to feel again compassion towards one another, God. And not hate and not bitterness, God. Not things that are not of your kingdom, God. God, I pray that you begin to move on the hearts of men in this in this town, God, in this nation, God, in this state, God. Let the hearts be touched this morning, God. Let the, the, the blood begin to flow the way that your blood flows to your heart, God. Let us be so close to your heart, God, that we can't help but to function the way that your heart functions in love, God. Some people have become numb, Lord, and they don't feel a thing anymore, God. But let them begin to feel your heart again, God. Let them feel your love again, God. Take the numbness away, God. The numbness is not you, Jesus. Oh, Shandanabashati. We just thank you, Father. We give thanks to you this morning, God, for all that you've poured out this morning, God, for all that you're going to do, God. And we thank you, Father, for showing us to honor, Lord. That we would have a stamp on our house here, God, that would say honor on it. Oh, and we would begin to get our commissioning papers and our assignment papers as the army of God, Lord. And we won't crumble them and throw them in the trash anymore, God, and pretend like they don't exist, God. But we begin to sign the paperwork. We begin to take the oath, God. The oath for the kingdom of God, Lord. And, and we're in the army of you, God. <laughs> and together, God, 
together, God, because a house divided cannot stand, God. Together in unity, God, all hell will have to leave, God. All hell will have to leave and move, God, because the honor would be so strong out of this house, God, that it would begin to come and hit the fields and hit the land, God. And as big as a harvest gets here on the lands, God, will be as big as your hand begins to touch, God. And things are going to fall. The works of man will fall to the ground and wither away, God. God, but your work, God, will never wither away, God. It has life in it, God, and we speak life again in the region, God, that it would begin to awaken and live, God, and not die, God, that Holy Spirit will come in and revive people again, God. Shonda <laughs> Raboshati. I feel the spirit of the Lord so strong this morning. Look, if you need your cup filled, come in and get your cup filled. He's filling up cups this morning. It's like if you've been in the wilderness for a while now, come up and receive. Let me fill your cup this morning. It's okay if you've been in the wilderness. We've all been in the wilderness at times. He's like, just come receive from my Holy Spirit. Come receive and get your cup filled this morning. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's so faithful. Lord, <laughs> just put a little cup in front of you. And by faith, we're going to do an act this morning. We're going to stir up faith again in the atmosphere. See, where there's faith, there can't be unbelief. <laughs> so, God, we get our little cup here. We ask for you to fill our cup again, God. Even in the wilderness, God, even in the wilderness, God, you fill the cup, God, and you overflow it, God. And it amazes me how in the wilderness, God, the overflow comes out of that place of wilderness, God. And I ask this morning, God, you overfill the cups, Lord. Fill them, fill them, fill them. Overflow them, God. Overfill their cups, God. <laughs> and God, we celebrate you today, Lord. We celebrate who you are in us, God. We celebrate God. We celebrate the kingdom, Lord. And we just take a drink right now. Just get your cup and take a drink this morning. Oh, we take a drink of your goodness this morning, Lord. Oh, we drink it all up this morning, God. <laughs> Some of you are going to begin to feel the joy of the Lord hit your bellies this morning. <laughs> and he's like, it's bubbling, it's bubbling, it's bubbling. Let it come out and bubble. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. 